the Public News Service Daily Newscast, October the 22nd, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. As businesses across the country deal with a massive labor shortage, Pennsylvania aims to entice people back to the workplace by increasing safety standards and the minimum wage. At a Thursday news conference in Pittsburgh, Governor Tom Wolf announced he signed an executive order that calls on the Department of Labor and Industry to study how Occupational Safety and Health Administration Standards, or OSHA, can be implemented in Commonwealth workplaces. The governor also wants the General Assembly to pass legislation that would increase the minimum wage, which is currently the federal minimum of $7.25 an hour. Unfortunately, while our Republican legislature refuses to act, Pennsylvanians are getting left behind. Are you aware that all of our neighboring states, West Virginia, Ohio, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland, all of them have higher minimum wages than Pennsylvania? That is embarrassing. Wolf is asking the General Assembly to pass legislation introduced by Senator Tina Tartaglione of Philadelphia, outlining a gradual increase to $15 an hour by 2027. The executive order also directs labor and industry to ensure its contractors and grant recipients are in compliance with labor and workplace safety laws. I'm Emily Scott. CNN reports that nine House Republicans broke ranks Thursday to join all Democrats in voting to hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena from the Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. CNN notes that while Democrats did not need any GOP votes in order to refer the criminal contempt charge to the Justice Department, these Republicans, a majority of whom also backed former President Trump's January impeachment, voted in favor of doing so. And Governor Mike Parson is facing calls to get the Missouri Cybersecurity Commission off the ground. This month, a St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter exposed a major flaw in the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education's website that, before it was resolved, had put hundreds of thousands of educators' personal information at risk. State Representative Ashley Ani of Kansas City says Missouri needs to beef up its cybersecurity. She notes the new commission is meant to identify vulnerabilities and recommend solutions, but the governor has yet to appoint any commissioners. What I believe needs to happen in Missouri to allow for more transparency into the state of our cybersecurity program is for this commission to be filled and for them to get to work and start advising the governor on what needs to be done. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and experts recommend multi-factor verification for all accounts and devices, creating unique passwords, and only using sites that begin with HTTPS when online shopping or banking. I'm Lily Wolke reporting. This is PNS. Although COVID-19 rates have gone down, the virus continues to hit the Hispanic community especially hard. Now a new campaign aims to reduce health disparities. Across the nation, the Hispanic vaccination rate is alarmingly low, according to Dr. Federico Ash, board director of the American Heart Association's Greater Washington Region, which is sponsoring the campaign. He says Stay Fuerte for All encourages healthcare providers to address language barriers and correct misinformation about the vaccine. Extremely important that what we communicate to the uh, Hispanic communities, we do it in their language so they can understand it, that they have access to healthcare that is indeed provided in Spanish so they can have 
a more direct and fluid communication with providers. Virginia is one of a few states that succeeded in reaching a higher number of Latinos for COVID vaccinations, with about 65% fully vaccinated as of this week, according to the state health department. But the rate is much lower in some regions, just 45% in the seven cities of Hampton Roads. More information is online at empoweredtoserve.org. I'm Diane Bernard. A portion of the American Rescue Plan funding sent to North Dakota has yet to be divvied up. Some of the funds North Dakota received from the federal pandemic relief package back in March have already been spent or set aside. But there's still room to distribute roughly $700 million of the aid. April Fairfield with the North Dakota Children's Caucus says dedicating substantial funding for child care should be a priority. Many areas, many communities, rural and urban in North Dakota, lack accessible and affordable child care. Next week, legislative committees will hold more meetings on what to do with the remaining funds. I'm Mike Moen. Earlier this year, a Kids Count report said 14 North Dakota counties meet less than 60 percent of the child care demands for working families. Finally, Suzanne Potter reports tomorrow is National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day when the Drug Enforcement Administration encourages everyone to clean out their old prescriptions. Flushing prescription pills can poison the local water supply, so instead people can drop their bottles off at 200 police stations and government offices across California. Susanna Marshland with the Fred Finch Youth and Family Services Center in Oakland warns that unused medications are a danger to children, especially teens. There was an increase in parents relapsing during COVID and a simultaneous increase in isolation and loneliness for their children. At the last take back in April, authorities collected 48,000 pounds of unused meds in California and 800,000 pounds across the nation. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service member and listener supported. Heard on great radio stations. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.